0: Welcome to the Open Mic Podcast Show with Mike Midgley.
1: Hey, and welcome to the Open Mic Podcast. On today's episode, I'm excited to be covering uh, the topic of igniting your brand and business. And when we look back, you know, sometimes we all go flat. You know, you might be watching me here on the blog and I've got my head down here and sometimes we don't always have that motivation to get going and things like that. So having that ability to ignite your brand, build your business and really make it happen is what we as entrepreneurs are all about. And today's influencer guest is Brandy Holloway, the CEO and founder of the Phoenix Factor um, and the founder of Girls on Fire Network. Brandy is also known as the Firestarter Mindset Coach uh, and she has risen from the ashes many many times in both life and business and we're going to learn a little bit about that because as entrepreneurs we also have that roller coaster ride. Uh, So welcome to the show Brandy, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on today.
0: Thank you so much. I'm super excited. I'm fired up to be here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I expect nothing less. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And before we get started, you could you could search uh, for Brandy uh, on all the major social media channels. If you search hashtag oh, OwnYourFire on Twitter, uh, check out it online at the Phoenix Factors in Phoenix, P H O E I N X phoenixfactor.com and we're going to post all these uh, under this video on the blog or in the app so you've got the links there uh, so I highly recommend you Connect um, and you can search the hashtags OnlyFire, Creating uh, an Inferno and Girls on Fire as well which we're going to learn a little bit more about today um, so I'm going to share a little bit more about Brandy's journey uh, super interesting, there's some highs and some horrible lows in there as well um, but talk to us a little bit more about that Brandy really uh, 17 years in the fitness space to start with and you know for entrepreneurs whether they're in the fitness space they're in the service business professional manufacturing you know it's a lot of time in one space i'm sure you've seen that evolve over the period you know what's the biggest learning curve you took from that experience but more interesting, what I always love to learn about entrepreneurs is what was that switch that where you found, you know, I know you say you found your true calling, but share with us what you learned and then what, how do you, what happened? So you thought I got to do what I want really yeah, to do. really absolutely. More about
0: so that. the women in my family growing up were, were not healthy. Um, and really what spurred me to get into fitness and wellness is I, you know, I was like, I don't want to end up like this. And, um, you know, it's not rocket science to eat healthy and exercise, but it's just a lot of us aren't doing that. Okay. So of course, in the beginning, I thought it was about, you know, just uh, motivating people to, you know, to do that. And so it was really to save myself. And I've always wanted to help others excel. And um, I, you know, I was good at it. I was good as a, as a fitness trainer. And, and, and I got into integrative nutrition. But what I always came back to is realizing it came back to that mindset. Yeah. And so as I went through those years, I studied, I I could, I'm a student forever, I would learn anything, you could send me to college for the rest of my life. And so as I learned, though, I really just kept leaning towards the mindset of the things, you know, um, am I motivated to get out of bed every day and exercise? No, but I know it's good for me. Right? So, um, that's, I started pivoting and really I opened up a wellness center and I mean, when I say wellness center, I had a chiropractor, yoga instructors, trainers, we had a kitchen where we did healthy cooking. We had all these things. The full
1: spectrum. Wow.
0: Everything. Uh, I was two months pregnant with my daughter and, um, you know, life was actually great to me. It was, it was this perfect scenario. I had a great following. I had great clients and, um, Opened up the center, and right after my daughter was born, my life completely fell apart. Um, ten days old, basically, just my marriage fell apart. My daughter was ten days old, oh, and so, so I, I just couldn't keep it together. You know, I couldn't keep the business going. I, could, I couldn't have everybody. Um, I finally walked in one day and I said, "You guys need to go find another job. I can't." I, I didn't, I didn't tell them everything that was going on. They, they yeah, kind of course. Of um. And literally, I mean, got the point where the kids and I got evicted from our, you know, our home. I ended up leaving my parents. But thankfully, because of the strength, really, that I had found, you know, in physically training, but also mentally training. um, And, you know, I have some great women in my family, you know, even though they maybe they weren't the healthiest physically, (sighs) mentally, they're strong. And I, you know, I got that as well. But, you know, that's how I came up with the Phoenix factor and to rise from the ashes and just... You know, got to keep going. and, And I have two kiddos that are watching me, you know, that need me.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, it sometimes takes that, you know, call it whatever you want, you know, whether it's a blessing in disguise, it's a, it's a crash and burn to, to actually, you know, to get that fire going again, doesn't it? Because we do go stale. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, I spent, you know, 11, nearly 12 years with the business, you know, and for people who follow my stuff will know the story. We built it, we floated it, we raised capital, we franchised it nearly 70 times, made a million, lost a million, crashed in the financial crisis. Do you know? and But, you know, you think and I always said I never stay involved with a business more than five to six years and I either totally rechange its dynamic or or just go off and do something else because probably me being me, I get a little bit bored with it. And that's, you know, then you'll start letting your customer base down and you're not as motivated. So for me, it's like get in, do a great job. I love the build, the hunt, uh, and the stabilizing, the growth again. But then it's I think it's time for me to pass it on. And I learned that. I didn't realize that was in me. And, you know, as I say, like you, we hit the ground so, so hard. And sometimes you just sit there with your head in your hands, you cry and grow money crying. Saying, what are those? Going off can't get any worse than this. You realize that there's people a lot worse than that, and you get out there, and, and, and you know that's the motivation, isn't it? To get going with it, and uh, yeah, so so just talk to me about how you felt when you had to sort of go in and sort of say to the team, look, you got to go find jobs. Obviously our our show is all about entrepreneurs, high growth entrepreneurs. um, And a lot of people struggle with that. I mean, I remember we went down from 23 staff to six in head office, more or less overnight in the financial crash. And some of those people, one of them was my best man who, you know, was at my wedding, Um, you know, people that I'd I'd watched the kids grow up over that period. I didn't, I, you know, you put them under consultation, but you're thinking unless there's a major shift, it ain't going to change, you know, and you know you hope it does and you do everything you can to try and do that, but it, it doesn't always change. And I didn't sleep for the first four or five days. And then we had that day of the Thursday, we went in, I'm just bringing them in one after the other, one after the other. And, you know, there were personal friends, there were people who bled for the company and I had to let them go in the worst economic crisis where there was no guarantee they were going to have a roof over there at a job and, you know, it's just something that you have to do and just tell me more about that because I think the entrepreneurs would find that interesting um, you know, especially because there's a recession potentially, I don't want to be negative, but there's a recession potentially creeping around the corner, you know, in the next 12, 18 months, make them a bit earlier. I'm not predicting that, by the way, and I hope it doesn't happen, but, you know, there's whispers about banks being put on, security warnings and, and, and various things like, that so as an entrepreneur driving in that perfect environment having to let your people go how did you prepare for that did you just do it did you was it was it awful how did you get over it
0: so of course it's awful um you know you even though we know we you know we're all adults and we as i say own our own fire when you have to go in and, and tell people that and and i you know i feel like a majority of my group i mean we were family um, but uh, on the same time, for me personally, I was just in a horrible place. Yeah. And like I said, you know, f- coming from the professional side, I wasn't gonna sit and tell them my whole life story. No. Um, you know, I will say this, and especially for you know, anyone listening that might hit this space, um, is that on the flip side of that, you know, I was really good at what I did, but then I also started to question, was I really good at business? Maybe yeah. should I have brought someone else in, because just because my personal life fell apart it doesn't mean the business necessarily had to fall apart. Had I, you know, looking yeah. back, um, you know, that's some of the things that I definitely have put into place now. And even in collaboration, maybe you don't have to bring on a business partner, but just making sure you have someone there because you, like you said, there are days um, I'm all about owning my fire every yeah. day. Does that mean I do it every day? No, <laughs> but I have people around me. That's what I needed then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if- that
1: infrastructure and support network in the business level more than the emotional level.
0: Right, right, yeah, because we just never know when, um, you know, anything's going hit, to hit us and knock us back and knock us down, and we need someone to step up. So for me, you know, being a solopreneur for so long, even though you have staff, I didn't really have a, a, a partner or a person yeah. to depend on to really step in. No, like um,
1: succession planning, I suppose, is what you're talking, all that infrastructure. Yeah, Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's interesting that, and, you know, if you're out there listening you are struggling, you just shoot us a message. Use the hashtag #TheOpenMic leave us a comment below, Uh, reach out to Brandy. I'm sure she'll be more than happy to sort of point you in the right direction. You know, obviously we're not, uh, you know, uh, insolvency or advisors or practitioners or anything like that. But sometimes it's just knowing that, um, you, know, we get messages from all over the world from, you know, we had one recently from uh, Nigeria over the Dan Kennedy situation. Somebody who listens to the podcast. I'd put a post out about Dan Kennedy and his, his pending illness and things like that. And he reached out and he says, you know, I didn't want what to do. And I thought I was the only person in Nigeria who looked at this. And, you know, then I speak to people about Dan Kennedy and he shoot us a message listen to the podcast. And then, you know, we started to talk about it. We were talking about old things. And, and you know, he showed me a message on LinkedIn, you know, about two or three weeks later and said, Mike. He says that talk. He says it really got me going. He says I've reached out to you. You know, you know, and uh, not being disrespectful to the African states, obviously, the, the, some amazing opportunities out there. But they see the U.S. market, they see the European market as they look up to that as, as hey, this guy's a podcast host, and you know, he interviews these people, and this guy took the time. So if you have got it, reach out to us. You know, uh, you know, we, we will do whatever we can. And my philosophy is always, if I can't help you personally, maybe I can direct you somebody you know who can. And don't I think what. We're saying is just don't sit there alone um you know reach out to people and um you know even if it's just a little bit of free advice it can get you over that bump put that fire in your backside again as we say uh, and get you going um and on that point around the um i love your positioning you know, of the inferno of success and i know maybe that's not ultimately what it is i know you've got like a lot of other sort of plays on that but i put it in my show notes the inferno of successes i think is what's being used so how did that come about is that just something that just come out of a strategy session it, it happened or did somebody recommend it to you a client just tell us what the story is around that
0: yeah so i um i've always loved to write you know creatively and you know i'm a wordsmith for sure but i i think for me, I needed words that really made an immediate impression yeah. and on myself, you know, even more so than others, because I put myself in the position of, of being a thought leader. So, um, you know, when we were talking about branding, of course, and staying in that brand of, of igniting your brand, but to create an inferno of se- success is really kind of saying to someone, you know, this is not you just kind of going through the day to day activities of, you know, being an entrepreneur, um, you know, or a business professional what's that next thing you need to do? Yeah. You know, how do you level up? So to create an inferno of success, so when you have the days that are stale or you have the days that things fall off, if you have an inferno of success going, your business is not gonna suffer. Yeah. So that's where that kind of
1: came from. It's amazing. I love it. And, you know, I'm, I actually released an article myself this week. It's on LinkedIn. You can, you know, it, this, this will be aired later in the year when we release it. But uh, it was developing your logo and strapline, line. And um, we're well, using McDonald's and various other sort of well known brands as an example. And it's just interesting how when you research how the strap lines come in and, you know, how people sometimes just say, I do this in their strapline. line, it's like, whoa. Whereas it's like, surely reposition that to how I help you achieve what you're going through. And that's exactly what that is. Who doesn't want an inferno success? You know, the volcano erupting and success coming out. So I absolutely loved it. So I just dropped that in. So I apologize slightly off script there. I love it. Thank you. But no, it's great. And I know you've made your mission to help solopreneurs create that inferno success um, in the brands and also, like you say, in their network. And you niche down into this sort of health and beauty because of that natural sort of interest in that. Uh, but talk to us more about relationship marketing technique that you know you use to ignite those sales teams you know to, to drive that performance
0: yeah so you know we of course we've all seen the saturation of of social media and how it's affected business um you know across the board and and i choose to be on all platforms that i can be you know linkedin instagram facebook yeah. um, twitter and um what you know what i started seeing is we use the word influencer as an example and the influencers are, can in fact influence other businesses. You know, if they say Mm -hmm. yay or nay about a product and that just started got, you know, it got us really thinking um, who should be your influencer for your business. It should be your staff, it should be your team, your sales team. They're the ones that are out there. So we just started thinking, you know, um, how can you use social media to ignite people to come back to your business? Who's going to do that for you? So we wanted the sales team. How do you personally brand yourself? but you still uphold the integrity of the business, you know, the business, yeah. the, the integrity of the brand of the business. And um, it's just the relational marketing is stop dropping in the DM, stop being all salesy and creepy, you know, um, stop pitching, yeah. um, you know, nobody wants to be pitched. And I make it a point now, I actually do free coaching when someone drops in my DM and pitches me. I said, Hey, let me, let me make a few suggestions on building a relationship with this person. Because then you're not knocking on a cold door when you actually go to talk to them about things. You have that warm lead. Yeah. You build the trust and the rapport. And, um, you know, I'm always face-to-face. You know, I, as I tell people, I can sell ice to Eskimos. <laughs> but um, but there's also 20 million other people out there that can sell ice to Eskimos. So yeah. what makes me different? And that's that I, I genuinely want to build a relationship. And I try to maintain my authenticity. I, do, I don't slide around. You know, I stay in my lane.
1: Yeah, that's great. Now, it's, it's something that... Um, we are heavily involved with as well, you know, as far as helping, being available to coach, being about uh, available to sort of build up, you know, um, a long, you know, medium to long term. And one of the questions that I get asked on a on a not a regular basis, but you know, several times a month, is Mike, you know, how do you feed yourself today, you know, if you're in it for the long term? Because you know, I get you know. For example, there's a post, I interviewed Marcus Murphy from DM, Digital Marketer, um, a few weeks ago. Um, and we were talking exactly about this strategy and this structure about relationships and building partnerships. Uh, We've got some comments uh, in there, we're saying that Mike, you know, but you know, I've got to eat today, I've got to sell today to eat today, I've got to sell today to eat today. Um, so I've got to keep the lights on, I've got to keep the lights on. And I suppose, you know, we, we're fortunate we have a lot of residual income or recurring income coming into the business. So I suppose we've, as long as we maintain the core, we can then spend a lot of time coaching, educating, you know, working on those medium to long-term relationships, which, which eventually then become shorter when they rise back up to the top. But I just wonder, do you get asked that a lot or how do you deal with it when people say, hey guys, you're saying stop being salesy, Brandy, but I've got to sell to hit my quota. You know, I'll just take your view on that. What, what, how, do, how do you play with that? How do you overcome that obstacle?
0: Yeah. And that, and that kind of goes into mindset, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what, you know, when I'm working with people in their mindset and I'm like, what is, you know, what is pitching your business have to yeah. do with, with you living and you paying your bills? And that's where you have, you you know, that connection has been there for a long time. Um, you know, cause that's how a lot of us were raised. Yeah. So um, it actually can become a limiting belief. And, and I get that I was in the position of being a single mom and having to put food on the table for two children. You know, I understand that. But at the same time, I, you know, your business, you need to run your business now as you want it run when you are successful, you want yeah. to run it now, as, you know, 10 years and then still do what you need to do to put food on the table. Um, but you pitching your business is typically, you know, it's just going to become that downward spiral of constantly pitching. Yeah. And I think once again, if you're for, and I'm going to use a service as an example, I don't have a tangible product to no. pitch, right? So when I'm out talking to someone, what's the best way for them to get curious and want to work with me? It's to build the relationship. If I'm out there saying, um, you know, you should do this and you should do that and point, you know, saying all those things versus this is how I love to help people. You know, these are my thoughts on things. And then, um, you know, if you really believe in what you're doing, your passion comes through.
1: It does. Um, Absolutely.
0: You know, and I think that's really what sells. I think if you could just focus on being passionate instead of pitching. Yeah. You know, maybe that's a cool little that's tag. That's a
1: great tip. It. Absolute yeah. great tip. And, you know, I always ask sort of guests just to sort of, you know, the listeners just to sort of pause, rewind 20 seconds there. What Brandy's just said there is absolute gold, you know, put that passion and value through there and stop pitching, you know, because people want to be, people get attracted to that. Don't the Brandy word, you know, to see that passion, to see that you've got a genuine interest. And I think for me, um, I, when I thought if I could be, you know, it's a bit like this podcast and I know you run your podcast and, and, and you're going again and, and, and revamping that and making that better again uh, and you were constantly improving. And for me, it was that switch where I'm thinking, well, if I'm providing value to my audience and I can, you know, push that out. A bit like this podcast. I see it more as a public service and I don't think a lot of people understand the time, the effort, the money, the cost, the scheduling that goes into running and being dedicated to a podcast it is hard work. I mean, it's the best time of the week for me. I absolutely love Open Mic Day. I uh, record me, great guests like Brandy. Because, um, you know, I get to learn off it as well. I get to learn off people and, and, and develop my own, you know, uh, skills as well. But um, I see it as a public service that hopefully that passion comes out i show up week after week after week you know it doesn't matter what how bad a week you've had you're there you're motivated and it comes through and i think that's what people get attracted to nobody wants to be attracted to that oh i just want you to buy 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 or being that miserable sort of deflated person and i often find that a lot of these people who are pitching all the time but i don't know how you see it um but the They're pretty flat people. They're very one dimensional. It's like, hey, I'd like to connect with you and we should stay connected. Why? Okay, okay, I'll connect with you. Then you know what's happening. Twenty minutes later, bang! There's a 250-word pitch in there. And it's like, whoa, dude, stop, back up a little bit. And then you ask them to, and then you know, it's like the old telephone salespeople. Oh, okay, then they slam the phone down and move on. And they don't understand that institutional damage that they're doing to that brand themselves. And if they move to another company, they move to they may move to another company that's my biggest client. And I'm thinking, like, what did you hire that guy or gal for? They don't get it, and I, and. Do you think it's systemic and culture issues at the top or do you just think it's those people? How, what do you come across normally? Is it is it the company that's wrong or is it the people that are wrong?
0: Well, I mean, someone has to be the leader. Yeah. So, you know, I really think it does fall in the company. And that's where, you know, we approach the decision makers and we tell them, you know, as it is above, so it is below. I mean, you've got to set an example. Um, this is where I think servant leadership is always important. Yeah. In, in, in any organization um, because that really that's what we're talking about is you know if you become a servant leader and you always focus on giving it will come back um, but the key to that is perseverance I mean you can't just start putting out value and think you're gonna get a deal the next day either you've got to push through I mean it's like podcasts it takes a while for people to catch on and for you know your people to find you everyone yeah. is not going to be your ideal client
1: no, that's it. So just take us back. And I don't want to do this too much for the wrong reasons, but take us back. you got your new family, your marriage is there, you lose your home, you know, um, you're back in with the parents, life's looking a little bit, you know, less than it did. What were the steps that you took to sort of, you know, build the Phoenix Factor and, you know, sort of say, okay, step one back step two back and, and you know talk us through that process and how you you know sort of go you know to, to back to the success because this is the even though we start in a dark place i always put a smile because this is the rise again and you know like you said out there phoenix out of the ashes is amazing so just talk us through that with, and, and fill in some of those sort of stories that entrepreneurs may be facing and uh, maybe fill in a few pro tips and maybe how you approached it and got over it or some of the dead ends that you went down and said hey don't do that
0: yeah. So I, you know, I, I started, I said, you know, I'm going to do a consulting business and start working with people in the health and wellness industry and um, sharing with them what I know. And now that I've failed, I'm going to say, you know, here's the things I suggest that you don't do. Um, but, you know, and I can kind of kill two birds, one stone for the people that are wondering how do I put food on the table today and work on a business? I was, that's where exactly where I was. So, you know, I, I had to go get a job and I was working at a gym and you know, cleaning floors and toilets and waiting on people and doing things that, you know, did I want to do that? No, but it put, it put food on the table and got me out of, you know, got me out of my parents' house as I built the Phoenix Factor. And, you know, this time there were a lot of things for me. A, I just, I made the big decision, do not take on any overhead,
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, and then building it. I had very strong relationships. So you go right back into that relational marketing though. I, yeah. regardless of anything that had happened, I maintained my relationships and I chose to be very transparent, um, and then eventually, um, you know, telling everyone what was going on and telling my story. And in the last eleven months, that has shifted my life in amazing ways. Amazing ways. It so, is, that's
1: it. so. You know, the people say your net worth is in your network. I think, is it Grant mm-hmm. Cardone who says something on that? So, or, you know, maybe coined it or somebody else. I'm not quite sure. But your net worth is in your network. And that is so true, isn't it? And yeah. that goes back to why you shouldn't be just pitching and burning relationships as well, which is sort of going back. But building that network. And the other thing I love, absolutely love, is the fact that you went back to basics. You went and said, right, I'm going to do a job to, you know, cover the overhead or the, the baseline cost while I go and build. And I have seen so many entrepreneurs who have refused to do that for what? reason that won't go back to the basics I don't know whether that's an ego or a sense of entitlement or whatever they the think it is, I don't know but if you're there, um, I interviewed last year um, a, a mental health activist um, and a great guy called George Hodgson on the podcast uh, it may even been early this year um, and he's got he, he, he had major mental health problems when he was a young didn't go out of his bedroom for a couple of years loads of panic attacks and, and, and things like that and all the the dark stuff that he used to pull out of his head he used to d- do drawings, and that was his like his release and so he then took all those drawings and put them on t-shirts and f- created a fashion brand. now he's being wow. interviewed on BBC and sky and and, and in his in his big uh, his sort of mental um you know health. Uh, a mental awareness campaign in the UK uh, while he's running the fashion business but the reason why I share this story and why it's relevant to what you said there and and, and I share this from all of the entrepreneurs and again I apologize for going off uh, script I do this quite a bit but um, it's so so relevant that if you're stuck in that hole and you expect somebody just to come and give you something or you think the only alternative is to go out there and pitch look what Brandon did look what George did George works at Sainsbury's supermarkets he gets up at three in the morning he, he clocks on at four in the morning and he does the four Four while I'm not sure if it's four what, four in the morning while well, nine or five while ten or something like that in the morning. And it keeps that little bit of income in, which keeps him overhead free, keeps a little bit of cost. And it allows him to build his mason to shoot. Go and check out um, George's brand. It's mason to shootcom um, And it, it's an amazing story. And that's it. And, you know, does George really want to be getting up in the small hours of the morning to go stack shelves or, you know, drive a forklift or work on the checkout? Whatever he's doing, you know, in there. Probably not. He wants to be as an entrepreneur driving his fashion brand the raising awareness for mental health but he's doing what it takes necessary to get that stuff done and that's credit to him it's credit to brandy and you've just got to you've got to shovel that sort of dirt out to get those things going haven't you and um what what sort of time frame did that take for you brandy was that a short period that you did till you got on top of it and understand it and figured it out or did that run on for a a little bit while did you say 11 months before i I, i'm trying to remember
0: well you know i think i i feel like my i can say that my business is running successfully now you know yeah. at this point um but when i started that um you know the phoenix factor i so it's been two years now wow um and i would and you know a lot of people didn't know when i started it like I, you know i started phoenix factor and i was living with my parents i went to work at this gym and you know to, like like said to put food on the table i was there for about seven months yep Um, you know to get things rolling to start getting clientele to figure things out because once again this was a huge pivot for me to not you know not be a trainer not be in an actual uh, brick and mortar place where people are walking in the door. I mean it's my job. different
1: dynamic isn't it?
0: Yeah to build these relationships And, and that's actually why I started Girls on Fire Network because I was going to these networking events and I'm like you know this is lame all we're doing is shaking hands and giving a business card and nothing's really happening and I'm like if I'm gonna spend my time and my energy you know, doing something, I want to create an impact or I, I want to, you know, someone to find someone that can offer value to me, you know, make it a win-win situation. Yes. And,
1: yeah.
0: um, you know, I have three rules at Girls on Fire. We don't pass up, we don't pitch, um, we don't do pity parties and we don't do comfort zones. So <laughs> we just in well, and see how we can help each other.
1: Yeah. And that's, I suppose that's drilling back down in the mindset, isn't it? Leave the pity party at home. Come on, we're here to get going. Let's do something positive to move forward. So absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, I think a lot of people need to understand there's a difference in a pity party and that's just, you know, if you have something going on, talk about it. Talk to someone about it. If you have something, you know, if you're in a dark place, talk to them. That's not a pity party. But a pity party is when you're repeating the same thing over and over and you want people to feel sorry for you.
1: And doing nothing about it.
0: You're not doing anything about it. Yeah. That's
1: a bit Yeah, I love it. Well, Brandy, it's, it's an amazing journey. And congratulations for pivoting. And congratulations for, you know, standing firm to your beliefs. Um, a lot of people will sort of fail at one thing and then just try it. Do the same again and expect sort of different results, which is sort of insanity, really. But you know, it does take that need to change. It does. You do have to be brave, don't you, to go out there and say, nope this is what I'm doing." And one other thing that I think is absolutely key that I'd love you to note down as a listener. Um, you know, if, it doesn't matter if you're doing a hundred million dollars. You know, you know, if, if you're doing, you're just getting started. Um, brandy refused to accept overhead She wanted to run, lead. Now, you know, you're doing a hundred million dollars. You're going to have staff. You're going to various of things you're going to have over a bit it doesn't mean to say that you can stay away from you know um you know uh, not be running it lean you know i always sort of remember when we grew our business to you know, just short of 20 million dollars uh, just before the height of the financial crash about 12 million sterling at the conversion rate at the time um, and you think oh you know there's so much money there's a million and a half nearly you know 1.3 one and three quarter million dollars a month coming through the till oh yeah the money will never run out then sometimes you get a better car or have a better office or oh, we'll just put a new glass wall in there and you know is it needed no did it make a difference no did the clients care no did the staff care no What it did it ate away at the cash and then when we did fall on hard times guess what you know, we were short and you know we eventually lost that business and that wasn't being mindfully wasteful but you know if you run lean, and even if you're doing super, super well, which I hope you all are, um, you know, shoot us a message. Use the hashtag the open mic, Let us know how you're successful and still run a lean ship. And there's a great book out there. Go and check it out. It's Profit First by Mike McHale. Um, if you can't say that or spell it like I can't, just type in Mike motorbike into Google you'll find Mike McElroy and he does a book called Profit First and he talks about how this guy's doing really really well and they went through it and then he says hey I need to pick up some paper at the local you know, uh, home, uh, you know office depot and so he's in the car with him he says oh weren't you going into Office Depot to get that paper and he goes oh yeah one more day one more day one more day one more day and he kept doing this as he we going to work every day with him and every single day one more day and then eventually think you know I don't need that paper we'll probably work with it well you know it got you know it, it didn't really need it there and then and this, and you know I say this has credit to uh, the guys in Profit First book. so I know on that sort of thing but it's that mentality that I love that it doesn't matter how well you're doing you know do you really need it can you do without it can you afford it can you pull it off Can you? delay the purchase, and then that's just preserving that cash flow which keeps you running lean, which is great. And again, share the stories with us. Let us know how you're successful in running lean or what you're going to do about it after you listen to your brandy story. Our stories do to, to sort of run a little bit more leaner than what you're currently doing now. And trust me, you don't have to sell any more, any more clients. You don't have to upsell, but your bottom line to are growing. Your cash in the bank starts to move just by running a little bit leaner. So um, just let us know how you do with that. We'd love to hear your stories. And that's great, Romney. I, I appreciate your backstory. Uh, like most successful people, um, there's a rise, there's a fall, and there's a rise again. There's that common theme in them all. And uh, I say to the listeners every week, you know, if, if if you're in that situation and you're at the bottom of the wheel, you know, stick at it, get focused, run lean, and start a rebuild. It will come. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about igniting your brand and your business and uh, how to get that going. And I suppose as we get onto that, Ronnie, a little bit, we talk about content creation. Um, you know, I hear a lot about content strategies, content creation. What is content? All that type of stuff. In your view, how do people list um, this out to create awesome content strategies? You know, what what is the starting point for that?
0: Well, I think the thing is, you really got to know your why. Yeah. Um, ultimately, like we said, you know, we got back to the to the relational marketing because really that's what you're doing. Um, you're selling yourself, so you need to know your why, and you need to be very clear in that message um, because yep. that's really what you're creating your content around and people make it really difficult. Um, you know, some people are great on video. Some people aren't. So, you know, you've got to find also within that content, what type of content works for you. I love to write. I love to do videos. Um, but, you know, like I tell everyone, it, you, you've what, what's something, you know, that you can do every day? Can you yep. put out videos every day? Great. You know, if that's easy for you, can you write something every day? Can you write a quote every day? You know, whatever that is, can you put out a testimonial from a client every day? Um, There's a lot of great ways um, to create a content strategy and um, people make it difficult and we make it really simple. Yeah.
1: So. Uh, we come into your sort of phoenix factor the girls on fire network you know you say you know what is that simplification what what does it do you know because i always try to give practical solutions and i know we're giving away a little bit of the farm here and a little bit extra value but you know how do we simplify that down what, what what should the listeners be doing because you know people say oh content shows you how where do i start and, you know my hair's on fire and all that sort of stuff you know how do, how do you simplify it running what are you doing around that to make it easier for people?
0: You know, so where, so, I mean, I can make this really simple. I, I break it down for everyone is, you know, why should someone work with you? Yeah. And be really crystal clear about that. You know, why should someone um, want your service, your product? What solution are you creating? What problem are you solving? And, you know, you need to really, as I call a brain dump. I um, yeah. mean, you just need to like sit and just get all these things out of your head. And um, preferably really with some some other fire starters around you. Um, I have a group of women Um, that are phenomenal and you know they call it and say it like it is so I know they're going to give me honest feedback you've got to be in that space and um, you know I tell everybody so create one big piece of content something that just you're fired up from start to finish you're talking about your why and just know within that content you probably have a good three four five months of additional content within that chop it up
1: dissect it down
0: Yeah. You're just breaking it up. You're repurposing it. You know, you can say thing one way typing text into a post and you can say it another way. When you're actually speaking on a video, you can take great quotes from that and put it into Twitter. You know, like look, Twitter is my nemesis. I don't love Twitter, but is it necessary? I think I need to have a presence on all the platforms. Yeah,
1: definitely. Absolutely. We
0: we pull our content from there. I think the biggest thing, you know, um, I tell people is just, just start talking, um, just hit the button. If you're scared to do video, record it. You don't have to go live, but record it and get comfortable. Um, video is pretty much necessary after this year though.
1: Yeah, it's going to um, be there. I mean, it's it's the content and the video, the consumption of video is just huge, isn't it? Especially inside the, you know, the mobiles. But you know, what I really love about that as well is about the fire starters around you. You've gotta be in that environment, having that positive environment to, to sort of do, you know, it's difficult, you know, I don't see many successful hermits, type of thing. You know, you've you got to have those people do it pushing you and, you know, you're saying, hey, stop doing that or do that or whatever. So it's right. And it, and it leads really into that second point, Randy, which is about that mindset coaching. We've used the word mindset a few times on the show already. Um, I know that's a big play for what you do and a great niche that you've gotten success with. So when you're approaching the mindset coaching, you know, is there a point that it's right for an entrepreneur to get involved with that for them to get the best result, or does it not matter? You know, do you see that if an entrepreneur is at a certain point that it, that it sticks better and they get it? You know, because if you know, sometimes when I've interviewed guests, I've had comments where people said, "Hey, Mike, um, I don't think you went deep enough for that guy. You, know, you should have asked that." Or you'll see a comment and go, well, do, "Do you think you should do this?" I, oh, I should do that." So I'm going to go a bit deeper. If somebody sat at home thinking mindset coaching, do I need it? Am I unconscious, incompetent here? Do I not know what I don't know? When do I need it? When's the best time, or is there not one?
0: I don't know that there's a best time, but you know, there's a couple of things I'd like to say just around, you know, around that mindset. I mean, we've always heard the term mastermind. There's mastermind groups, right? Yep. yep. I mean, I think that's 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 a must um, when you're pushing towards something because a you could hit a wall, yeah. um, you could get stuck, you could have things going on. I think it's always good to have those people that you trust around you to give you that honest feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and a new perspective. I mean, we can only see what we see. We only know what we know. And right. what what's really important, I think, about having a mindset coach, it's what do you not know? Um, you know, I tell people when they ask me what do I do, I say I ask you the questions that you're not willing to ask yourself, or you don't even know to ask yourself.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So that's I'm not.
0: A- I'm. You know, it's it's not that you're doing anything right or wrong, but it's just that you're you're not doing things that maybe could be helping your your business tremendously. And at the end of the day, I don't care what business you're in. If your mindset is not right, if you're not in a growth mindset, a success mindset, a developmental mindset, um, then you know you're not going to grow the way that you probably thought you would. You know, as you were dreaming things out in your vision statement.
1: It's a great point. I love it. And we were also getting into here because I'm very traditional, branded with business. I grew up in boardrooms and most very modern, very dynamic uh, and things like that. But we are talking about lost opportunity here as well, because Brandy used the terminology, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I'm going to ask you the questions that you either don't know or won't ask yourself or don't know to ask. How you know if, if we all were being totally honest, and wrote, you know, raise his hand. You know, how many opportunities have we missed, and then found out later that hey, if I'd have just known what an you know what is a great saying out there, brother, isn't it? You know, if I only knew then what I know now, type of thing. You know, and that's exactly. Would you have turned right, and would you have opened that million dollar deal, or would you have hired that amazing person that you decided to either not hire or let go, or not even advertise the job in the first place? And I know you can't go through life saying you know, looking back and saying if buts and what. But I think what it's doing is it's it's avoiding those mistakes, I suppose, Brandy, and bringing it to the present to say, hey, get those out. Some may be relevant. I'm sure that not everything is relevant and we don't have to do everything. You know, you might think, hey, that's a, that's a phase two or a phase three, but I'm now aware about it and I'm going to start working towards it. Would you say that that would be a fair assessment of that, Brandy? Is there anything else that you think that slightly off or you'd want to add to that?
0: Yeah, and actually, you know, I would highly recommend two things with that – is, you know, I learned this process of asking questions from, I think, one, one of the most amazing coaches out there. His name is Rich Liffin. Yep. He's on your side of the water. He is. Uh, um, and, you know, that's the thing is, even if you just go through your day and you ask, if, you know, ask yourself the question in a safe space. I mean, I have on my mirror uh, in my bathroom, I keep three questions written in a dry erase marker. Because here's the thing, you can say affirmations, I am successful, I am strong, I am all these things. But if you believed that, then you would already be there. But if you ask the question, I feel like you're really opening your brain up to an area that we don't use that often. And, you know, as I say, allow the universe to deliver these options to you or to deliver these people, the places, the things, and practice essentialism. Um, You know, a lot of times when you're um, it's a great book by Greg McKeown. If you want to, you know, really dive into that. But I, I would definitely say that book cha- also changed the way that I coach because we bring in all these trivial things that do not matter, that do not have anything to do with business, but they cloud your brain. Yeah. They affect your mindset, and you're the only one that can change that. So you really got to stick to the essentials. What's necessary for me to do business, life, or even life? You know, how do I live my life today? You know, what's the one thing I need to do today to get to that point five years from now?
1: Yeah, I love it. Fantastic, and I love the practice essentialism. It, it, it's a great sort of uh, statement. And you know, like I say, one of the reasons why I love doing the podcast is not only it's my favorite time to learn, you know, but you're learning all the time. And you know, it's a little bit of a sneak, a cheeky admission here, Brandon, that I get to learn off you guys all the time as well. So I develop my own skills from people all around the world. So that's amazing. Um, so let's talk about you. Use, you use the term uh, called fitting out. What does that mean?
0: um so you know i think and i i think this could probably go for anyone but as as a woman um who grew up in the south here in the states in alabama
1: yeah
0: um you know you're you're raised a certain way and and it really is to fit into this mold and i never felt right about it never aligned with that um you know, it obviously showed my personality, but as I grew up and became an adult and you know, did start working in business and I was always able to excel to a leadership role really quickly and um one day someone asked me they said you know like how you know how are you able to do that like you can just go anywhere and you can you know make this happen i said because i'm not scared to stand out yeah so as i started my coaching and my lingo i started saying you know start fitting out instead of fitting in fitting in is not going to get you anywhere Amazing. um you know people need to see your unique gifts and talents and skill set that you have and the only way you're going to do that is to fit out
1: yeah <laughs> so give us a couple of examples you know i'm um i don't know i'm i'm wanting to break out of into entrepreneurship entrepreneurships um, you know, I'm, uh, you know I've got, I'm, I'm getting pressure from my family, don't do it, it's too risky, you know. Uh, you know, I'm sure you come across some of these problems before where, you know, should I do this, should I do this, or oh, I, I did take the leap and I'm now in this situation. Is there some great examples of fitting out where you've come across it, where somebody's fitted out, I'd be wild successful, obviously outside of what you've done. Share some share some experiences of some of maybe the clients that's done that and uh, maybe achieve what they didn't think they could achieve.
0: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I like said with a, a lot of my clients. I mean, I think it's just um, w- that goes back to the term of owning your fire. So to f- yeah. you know to fit out. I mean, we see it on social media constantly. We see the person who's not as scared to use their voice, or maybe just even in your branding, it could be wearing a signature color. It could be wearing um, like I know a guy I, I love because we resonate with each other. Jason Barnaby has Firestarter Tribe Circle, and he is always wearing orange. Always nice. right. Um, not that that's an odd color for anyone to wear, but I mean, when you see that bright orange, he fits out. If you're in a crowd or you're at a conference and you see bright orange, who's going to stick out to you? Yeah, right, that's
1: that. it's that it's um, person.
0: So, and I and I just think also another thing that makes people like as far as fitting out is also just you know being brave enough to say the things that we know other people are thinking but they're not saying them.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love the standout part. And it, it's exactly what it is. And I think ultimately, you know, it's a, it's a signature move. It's a signature statement. But like you say, it's, it's about pushing yourself beyond that comfort. Zone. Yeah, I mean, why do you
0: think I went with this fiery red? <laughs> I mean, this is a prime example. My, I'm actually, uh, you know, my natural hair color, people see my children all the time. They're dark blonde. Yeah, um, right. you know, but I was like, look, I'm going to own the Phoenix and I, you know, I want to own it in every way. And I wear a lot of red and bright blue. Um, and I, you know, went with the red hair, cause I'm like, this is, this is how I choose to fit out.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. Love it. And shoot us a message using the hashtag, the open mic or send one to Brandy as well. Um, with only a hashtag, only fire. Tell us how you fit out. We, 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 you know, what what are you doing that you know is fitting out at the most all? by the way, I'm going to steal that all swipe and deploy it as they're probably in yes. the statement. and I'm going to start fitting out as well. I'm not quite sure I'd get away with the red hair in my room, but, uh, but it's awesome. Um, so, you know, when we talk about as you know the entrepreneurs here, you know we all hit obstacles, we all sort of feel that the world's pushing back against us and for whatever reason, things just don't sometimes click for us to make that progress moving forward. Um, how can entrepreneurs today get started and burn through those obstacles uh, and you know, overcome those limiting beliefs that they have? Because I think that once they make that step, isn't it? It becomes a bit easier, but you know, how can they get going with that and overcome those limiting beliefs? And you know, we, I know we've used mindset before, but share with us a few more examples.
0: I think the big, you know, I think the biggest thing you can do is just start by, um, once again, practicing essentialism is um, the one thing. And, of course, that's another book that I, you know, that I love. But what's one thing, instead of overwhelming yourself thinking, um, how often do you come home, for example, and say, I've had a horrible day, right? And I ask clients, and I say, did you really have a horrible day or did you have a moment, um, you know, that, that didn't work out, something bad happened? And then you know, be proactive versus reactive. What's something that you can do next time this situation comes up? How are you going to react? How are you going to handle it? You know, can you diffuse the situation? You know, beforehand. And if it's something really personal, maybe not professional that you're going through, um, you know, that you need to burn through. Um, obviously, having a great support system. Once again, just have, being yeah. around the right people. Your family, unfortunately, is not always going to be that that person. Um, you know, I find a lot of entrepreneurs like myself love my family dearly, but they don't understand what we're doing. No. Um, and when you're really pushing to, to burn through limiting beliefs, where did you learn most of those?
1: Yeah, And the family. And sometimes right. they can be your biggest enemy, can't they? They love yeah. you to death, but they're actually holding you back or suffocating you or yeah. they're being unnecessarily critical that knocks that confidence. And, you know, I, I suffered that in my early 20s as well and I had to break away and, and you know, physically walked away you know i've not spoke to my mother for 25 years you know and uh, i had to break that chain and break that cycle to to go out because i never felt i didn't did i want to do that definitely not um and you might say hey mike that's too big a price to pay maybe but you know i had got that you know i didn't probably classify it as that point but i had that fire um as brandy's talking about here you know and i knew i could be something better uh, but I had this insular sort of family relationship that was negative mindset that, that find the negative in everything and give me every reason why I couldn't and why I shouldn't make something of my life and I thought well I mean, this is my life I don't want to end up like you guys you know, I know you said about the, the well-being and the, the fitness and you know there were great people but maybe weren't they healthy and it was the same for me psychologically And I just wanted to get away and you know get away and then sort of the career built from there when you get that purpose and that clarity of mind for sure and uh, I think, you know, those limiting beliefs, you know, they are just in your head, aren't they? And, uh, you know, is there another way that people can get it out? Can they mind map it? Can they sort of can they make three reasons why they can't do it? You know, is there any strategies like that that people can a- a- adopt to sort of say, you know, I want to do it, but I don't know how. And, you know, we, I know we've covered a few of them, but I'm just trying to dig a bit deeper. You know, I've got all these things in front of me but I still don't seem to be able to make it happen. You know, how, how do they get started with that? Or how, do they, how do they break through it, I suppose, is what I'm really trying to get to.
0: So I have a really, really simple way to break through this. And I would ask my question, um, to finish this sentence, I can't do this because.
1: Brilliant, love it.
0: Whatever follows because is your limiting belief. Yeah. And then you go into kind of just peeling the onion, as we say. Keep going beyond the because and you'll get to a point where you find the one thing that you really need to focus on to move forward. Um and you know the thing is we all react and, and make decisions based on two very specific things, a need of acceptance and a fear of rejection. So if you really can, you know, grasp that and understand this is how I'm making my decision. So I'm gonna be brave today. Yeah. Um if you fail. You know, it's a learning lesson. If you fall, you get up. I mean, it, its I say it simply now because I've done it so many times. Yes, it, it is becomes simple, natural, right? But when it's your first time, it's scary. Yes. You know, a lot of people, I want to start a business, but what if I fail? Yeah. Okay, what if you do? Then what?
1: You learn from it. You go on again, don't you?
0: Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, you, you got to move beyond whatever that moment that you're having, that belief that's stopping you saying, I want to do this, but I don't know how. Or I want to do this, but I can't because. You know, you've got to just at least walk yourself through that mindset. Like what's going to happen after that in your mind? What do you think? Cause worrying is focusing on what you don't want. And if you can get rid of that worry and then move on to what you do, you do want, you'll start doing the things Absolutely. that you do.
1: Yeah, amazing. And, you know, again, if you're if you, if you're at that point, just reach out to Brandy. You, you know, we'll post all Brandy's links there, but check over, head over to www.thephoenixfactor.com. We'll stick those links in the show notes. Uh, connect with Brandy on social and just reach out to her. And, you know, this is what Brandy does. She's going there to help you. And, you know, if you just want to sort of have a chat, I'm sure, you know, there's a process that Brandy can take you through to see if there's something that she can help you with. So uh, head over to thephoenixfactor.com and uh, just get started and do it today. Don't put it off tomorrow. You know, it's a great by Jim Rohn what is the best time to do something and Jim would say of course 10 years ago but you know, we can't do it 10 years ago so guess when the next best time is to do something right now so you're stuck with anything get on with it drop what you're doing it's probably insignificant unless your hair's on fire and go out there and do it now and make that start trust me you'll feel a lot better Brandy as we're wrapping out of the show I love speaking to you it's been amazing um, you know we've used the word mindset success fire all that sort of stuff um, but you know, honest question: What does mindset mean to you? And you know, because it's, it's different to everybody, isn't it? You know, and you know, how can listeners adopt that mindset to success? And you know, outside of reaching out to you, and what does it actually mean? And How did did we get started with it? Because like you say, you don't sell a tangible service sometimes. And, you know, I I suffer that myself. I I sit on boards and do non-exec services. And, you know, there's not a box that arrives with a smiley face like Amazon. and There's no tangible value apart from the value you deliver and things like that. But, you know, as being in this space, having been up on the highs of the peaks and the lows of the valleys, talk me through how you see it. How do you get started? All that sort of success mindset. What does it mean? And what's the other side of it once you break through?
0: I think, I think having a, you know, a success mindset. I mean, there's many, many, many different types of mindset. Yeah. As you said, it's an umbrella term. Yeah. Um, but what I think you I think what I would want everyone to understand what mindset means is the ability to really question everything from a growth standpoint, right? Yeah. From a positive standpoint. And if you can't answer that question honestly and authentically, that you seek the people, places, and things that you can do that. And that's what's going to get you into, you know, a success mindset. So, um, you know, too many of us are ignoring things. We're in denial. Um, We just think we're unlucky. Um, We think, you know, the limiting beliefs about money. um, You know, my family was poor, always poor, came from nothing. Um, You know, it's just all those things that you're talking. Telling yourself you're in a poor mindset or a scarcity mindset. So you got you to start questioning those things and finding the answers
1: yeah brilliant and you know people are fearful to do that sometimes aren't they but you just got to face it and get on with it and uh, like you say I think it's also those little reminders as well I love the example earlier where you said you've written the questions instead of the affirmation statements on the main, the dry marker on the mirror um, you know um, you're actually challenging yourself to be there it's just those little things isn't it and and going forward and uh, you know not, not dreaming out of abundance for unreality but set yourself high goals you know what's the worst thing that could happen you could fall a little bit short you still probably achieve more than you would do if you're sort of thinking like that average mindset who wants an average mindset you know you don't want that I don't I certainly don't want it. I want to develop one of the things that Brandy said at the top of the show you know she'd go to college for the rest of her life she's always learning building that type of stuff up. and you've got to put the hours in and uh, you go from there so that's amazing and um so what's the best, is the website the best place that people can reach you, Randy? Is it, you know, or is there a, is there a would you prefer them to reach out on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter? I know you said your nemesis and things like that, but is there a preferred channel that people could reach out to you on or is it through the web?
0: I, I, I you know, I feel like if you want to engage and have some conversation and, and really jump into things, you know, Instagram and LinkedIn are definitely my, my go-tos. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're looking for, you know, real help as far as me working in one-on-one, obviously the website gives a lot of yeah. information on what I do and how we do that um but you know i i i am always up for a conversation i'm always up to you know to listen um you know this is mental health awareness month especially this month i remind everyone um i have much deeper darker places i've been than the story i told here
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: there's no judgment i just you know i just tell people like reach out and sometimes it's it's actually helpful to reach out to a stranger and be able to tell things that And just, you know, let everything out and not worry about what your friends or your family are gonna say about your dreams, your aspirations. And um, I, I love engaging
1: yeah that's great i really appreciate that offer as well to the listeners so you know if you go over to linkedin you can search brandy holloway again we'll put that link before or search phoenix factor um an instagram handle at brandy underscore Hollow underscore way or at girls on fire network uh, or (laughs) at the underscore phoenix underscore factor so let's do that but if you're serious about getting started head over to the phoenixfactor.com set up a call with um brandy and start moving from there Randy, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think the value you provided is tremendous. Um, It certainly woke me up, and uh, I'm I'm just glad it's here in the UK. I know it's a little bit early for you in the States. Uh, It's closing out. I'm at the end of the weekend, so I'm going into a weekend where I need to be going out there and doing it. So uh, it's been amazing. Um, If we were to summarize igniting your brand and your business into sort of three pro tips... How could you, it's so much value, but how could you condense that down into three sort of tips that the, the listeners can take forward and apply straight into the business and into themselves today?
0: I think the first thing um, that you have to do before you do anything in business is have a clear niche, a clear message. Yeah. Um, you know, very clear so that people know what they can get, what you're delivering. Yeah. Um, the second thing by far I see that leads to failure is not being consistent. Yeah. Be very consistent persevere push through you know um, just those and number three I think for me especially I'm speaking from personal experience no matter where you are in your business is having at least that one mentor that one person that's really going to give you the absolute honest feedback Um, make sure they've been there you know make sure they've been in that arena don't ask people for advice that have never done what you're doing or you know understand but um I, you know, for me, that was a huge pivot. I think getting that mentor that could say, look, this is where I, you know, I'm seeing a, a crack and that needs to be filled in your business.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. And one thing there, as I say, when, when there's something fundamental that comes out that is so valuable, I, say, I always ask to rewind the tape 20 seconds or tape or digital audio these days. Uh, and that is make sure they've walked a mile in the shoes that you're at, or at least a mile, because that is so important. Otherwise, why would you ask, somebody about how to deal with situations when they've never been there. And there is so many people out there who are proclaimed to sort of help you who have never done it. They don't understand it. They've never been in your shoes. So that for me, Ramdi, is absolute gold. Thank you for sharing that because you know, you know, when you've been in that situation, you can relate to it. You can either, you know, share with that person, either reassure them that that's the right track that they're trying to get back on. You know, but, you know, um, it's a little bit like asking the blind man for directions. It, it, you know, th- there is a, a filthy way out of it and they can guess and hope. But sometimes, you know, you're going to hit some dead ends. Whereas, you know, the person who's walked that mile, you know, walked through the minefields and, you know, and survived is the person to go to so get that mentor who's actually walked a man in shoes. Absolute phenomenal advice, Brandy. That's so kind of you sharing that. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So... We hope you've enjoyed it and we hope you've given some inspiration to sort of put that fire up your backside and uh, get that ignited, you know, into your brand and your business. Don't forget to check out uh, all the uh, amazing work that Brandy and the team are doing at the thephoenixfactor.com or check out on LinkedIn or Instagram with the links below. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for being on the show, sharing so much value with you. It's, it's amazing. I really appreciate it today.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Very honored. I really appreciate
1: it. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fine. And of course, to the listeners, thanks for the time that you've taken to spend listening to the open mic we know you've got a lot of choice on the podcast channels at the moment uh, we appreciate you tuning in we appreciate your loyalty and as always to get in the game go do the hustle go make it happen and we're going to catch up with you on the next open mic podcast show real soon have a great week guys
0: have been listening to the open mic brought to you by the success hub to find out more and to get the resources we have mentioned in this podcast episode simply visit blog.thesuccesshub.io and view the podcast section thanks for listening and we look forward to catching up with you in our next episode This podcast and associated materials is published under copyright to the Success Hub. All rights reserved. No reproduction of this material is permitted.